Good day, mate. Good day, mate. A Black Hot Cinema Podcast coming back, back at you. Back again. We're down under. No. No, another, another movie to throw on the Barbie. I don't know why we did Australian immediately. I do, because we, we, we watched a movie where the main character does a really weird... Uh, was it French Canadian? No, he was just a Frenchman. I, that's why I didn't know oh, you. Okay, what, what movie did we watch, Fletcher? Well, me, Fletcher, join me as always. Me, uh, Mr. Whitehead. Uh, we watched a. The only way I know to describe this best is a hidden gem. Yes. Uh, we watched a 1986 film called Nomads, and it was fucking awesome. It was, um, notably, shockingly too. This is not an action. It's a horror movie. Directed by John McTiernan, and we found this on Pulp. Yeah, uh, and we've it, actually rewatched it. We've watched it twice. Actually, this is I think the second time we've ever done this for the podcast. We did it for the Lighthouse. Me and Hudson watched it, and then immediately watched it with you. Yeah, but me and Whitehead watched it, and then watched it again like seven months later, and are now recording it like even more months later because yeah. it was just that good. It was worth the. We, we brought someone else into it, but the film is Nomads. And I don't know if I even said that. You did. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm so hyped into the movie now because we're finally doing it. Yes. Seasons have changed. We found this in the bitter cold of winter. Yeah, we watched it on on Midnight Pulp. Then we watched it again on Tubi. Because fuck those pulp ads. Yeah, fuck them pulp ads. But uh, this is Pierce Brosnan's first movie. Yeah, first leading role, which, which is, is shocking. Which I thought was rude that you didn't know that since you're such a movie buff. Well, I mean, and, I love James he, Bond, and too. He, and he was a former James Bond. And it being a McTiernan movie, which you are, you know... Into well, H- Hudson loves McTiernan, too. He'd hunt for Red October, Predator, Die Hard. Yeah, and he... Uh, he uh, uh, damn it, that one movie we did, uh, we were just talking about before we recorded, uh, with Antonio Banderas, The 13th Warrior, that was a McTiernan movie. Yeah. Uh, which is, we got an episode on, check that out. Um. Yeah, I, I was just, I had never, if I had heard about this, I would forgotten, or I heard it like in a top ten list of things, like maybe a what culture, I'd seen them mention this before, if that, and I, I don't think I did really. I just never heard of it, and I was kind of shocked to see Pierce Brosnan in, just from the, co- just from the little uh, movie cover on the streaming apps. It looked a little low budget, like it, it just kind of looked like a crappier horror movie, but with a huge star in it. And I was like, "Oh, that's fucking wild!" And then I was told, "Oh, well, this is his first movie role. He was just a t- just being a TV star at this time." Yeah, from what I understood, this was his first leading if role. Like he's on the cover or on the poster. Like he might have done like bit parts, but he the only thing I had known to do at that point was Remington Steel. And for what's worth, I've seen the movie Taffin with him, which is an Irish movie, but. It's like a thriller type thing. But, yeah, I was just like, what? Yeah, like, it, great, great performance from pretty much everybody, except for, you know, a few. Uh, Who's the bad one? Uh, Are you just talking about the accent? No, nah, because, I mean, I got used to the accent. It was fine. It was just weird seeing him do it. Yeah, that's one of those things. Because I know he's not French, and it's yeah, not like, really the best French accent I've ever seen. And I don't know if it's just that it's bad, or is it because I just know he's Irish Yeah, in real life. And, I mean... I mean, I can't do a French accent to save my fucking life. Yeah, like, he might have been... Like, if I would have saw this in 86 at the time, and I didn't know that that dude was Irish, I might have thought, okay... Like, you know what I'm saying? Does my mind not... Is my mind not able to comprehend that I know he's... Because he does decent American accents when he's an American in movies. Yeah. Um, and I think he th- he's throwing on one when he's James Bond because he's Irish in real life. Yeah. And 
I mean, he's when he's talking, I've seen roles where he was Irish because they're in Ireland, but even later he he still talks more Irish normally. But, I mean, he's kind of got like a little bit of a, like a London posh one, I think, when he does Bond. Yeah, that's how I've always known him. And I, yeah. I, I didn't know he was Irish for a long time. Yeah, well, I think it's part of it is. I thought he was British. He has the beard in this and the, and the kind of longer, not super long hair, but. Yeah, like it's just a departure because I've seen him in shit where he's had a beard before. Yeah, um, we're not going to spoil this one because yeah. it, it is so good. But I will spoil one thing, and it happens within the first few minutes of the movie, so I, I'm not fucked up about telling this part. Uh, he, he is first build, I believe. Yeah, he, on the cover. Main character. Even just reading the blurb, you're led to believe he's the main character fucking dies in the first couple minutes. Yeah. And I was just like, well, what the fuck? We both were like, I guess he's not in this long. No, no, he is. He is. Like, they did a... It's very unique how they sort of had two main characters, if you think about it. Yeah. Um, I guess the second main character is a little overshadowed just because he is still, like, even though dying in the first bit of the movie, he's still the main character. Yeah, and they did a really unique way... Especially, like, maybe ahead of its time a little bit with jumping around with time. Yeah. And linear storytelling. I mean, maybe not the first, but... And the way, I guess, the second main character is getting details. Like, I can't think of another movie that's done that. That way. That, that, that angle that we're not going to tell you what it is. Yeah. But uh, it, it it's such a great movie. Yeah, and again, McTiernan not known for horror movies... And again, they would go on later too. Sorry, she came to me. They would work again together later. I don't know if you've ever seen, but you ever seen the Thomas Crown Affair, the remake with him? That's a McTiernan movie. No, I have not. You know what movie I'm talking about? I know, I know what you're talking about. I just I've never seen it. Yeah, like it's a pretty solid uh, heist thriller type thing, but like not like heist with guns. Yeah, like art thievery type shit. And honestly, I don't. Is this classified a horror movie? Yeah, it seems like everything. Or let me check real quick. I mean, it, there are, I mean, horror aspects to it, but I'd almost make this more of like a thriller, thriller. like a thriller mystery, like a supernatural thriller mystery. It says a horror mystery thriller. Okay, well, I... It's not a slasher by any means. No, no. But I'm not saying people don't... Yeah, I mean, people, people get... People cute. get fucked up, don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, like we like I was telling Fletcher before we started recording, this is going to be a... This is going to be a, have to be a short one because I don't want to fucking spoil this movie at it, all. We just want to give a little love to it because it's it, like it blew my it blew my mind watching it because all I could think of was this is an SCP, dude. Yeah, and th- again, this is too just one of those ones like I'm surprised it's not talked about more just because one it's a a director that would go to the height of his career right after this. Yeah, and then we've got at the time this is '86. Roger Moore had just quit being James Bond, and I know Pierce Brosnan was in the running, and I think he had some real life shit, like he had his spouse get sick or something, and he and he couldn't get out of a contract with Remington Steel or something, so he couldn't do it, so they gave it to Timothy Dalton, and then James Bond went away for like six years, and then this is the future Bond, like he'd be James Bond in nine years, yeah, and sure enough. If you're a child of the '90s, GoldenEye was talked about a lot. I'm sure everyone yeah. played GoldenEye, and like even me, not being, not really being too familiar with James Bond as a series, 
You know that N64 cover box, though. Yeah, yeah. I knew I knew him as like me growing up. He was uh, James Bond. He was James Bond. He was 007 to me, and um, I also knew he was. I knew about Remington Steel. Yeah, it, but like I had never really watched any much of it. it or any of it. Um, but to see him in this role, he did. He does great. Yeah, and uh, it, it's one of those things like. He gives just as good a performance as he would at any time in his career. Like he didn't just be like, "Oh, it's just a horror movie, low budget." I'm gonna half, yeah, he didn't half-ass it. He, yeah, he fucking no one did really. Yeah. Um. Again, kind of a cool setting. I mean, I know it's L.A., but like they didn't go like to the Hollywood shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there was more kind of like on the beach and in the inner the. He more, went to the more, pier. He went to the pier maybe at one point. Yeah, but more of an urban setting. I mean, you do guys see like a I guess neighborhoods. Yeah, his, like his, his neighborhood, neighborhood, a hospital. Uh, I kind of like that it wasn't set in too many places within the city. Uh, I mean, other than them going downtown to that skyscraper, which that's not really a spoiler. Just they do go downtown like one time, and yeah, you know, it's just a part of it too. Is I just like some of the eighties aspect or aesthetic of cities. Yeah, like. It, I liked when he was just running around the dirtier parts of uh, L.A. at nighttime and, and it, shit. And it was very dirty. Yeah, that's one of those things like, uh, you ever go back and watch uh, T2, all the trash and shit on the street? <laughs> yeah. Like when they're, when they're getting transported in. Also, too, I just like the dirty grittiness. Like, I know we did, I can't remember if we did an episode, but remember how dirty New York City was when we watched The Protector with Jackie Chan and Danny Aiello? Yes. How just dirty New York looked? At the beginning part, just that first, like, did, I think we did do an episode. I can't on remember that. if we did or not. I think I, we I did. Like, I think because that's a. I mean, it'd be an episode worthy movie because that's yeah, a great movie. I couldn't remember if we did one or not. I just wanted to throw out how dirty that city looked. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we did, and then we. Ha- I think we had a guest guest star on the podcast that night, and they hadn't seen it. Yeah, maybe that was one we did with JB. I can't. It was remember. like either with JB or Hudson. I just remember the other person. Someone hadn't seen it. Kept saying Danny Aiello, or maybe that was me. I don't know. I don't remember my. <laughs> My, I mean, brain, my brain and time don't work correctly. Danny Ilo will always be a Tony he, Leon's caretaker yeah. slash boss and a Leon the professional. But yeah, fucking nomads, really good. And also, too, oddly enough, Arnold Schwarzenegger saw this movie and recommended John McTiernan as the director for Predator because he just liked the. Arnold said he liked the tenseness of the movie and. Kind of the way it was filmed because it was on. It was a lower budget movie. Yeah, but it was very like. And I guess you know what Arnold called it right because the first Predator is kind of tense the first time you watch it as a little kid and scary to me when they're in the jungle and everything starts turning on these supposed. Or I mean, they're all special forces badasses, but when they're all like, when the Indians like we're gonna die, I was like, okay, I'm scared now as a kid. I was like, these guys are like losing it, but fucking. It made a career for a director, and he would go on and do other movies and great movies. Yeah, fucking, I forgot he did the third Die Hard too. That's the one where they run around New York City, do solving the riddles and shit on the phone. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I forget yeah. that's McTiernan too. They brought him back because they just brought him back. He but... didn't do two. No, that's Rennie Harlan. Rennie Harlan's like the guy who did like Cliffhanger. And uh, did you ever see uh, the Long Kiss Goodnight with uh, Gina Davis and Samuel Jackson? No. Rennie Harlan did that, and he did like um, I know you've seen Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, Rennie Harlan did that. I, he, I like Rennie Harlan. He's I think he's 
Swedish or something. I'm sorry I, if I'm getting that wrong, Rennie. If he's out there somewhere, if 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 my co cool, if though. my co-host Fletcher has gotten that wrong, cancel the fucking shit out of him. Yeah, I was say, but uh, uh, he's a decent action director too. I'm trying to think of other shit he did. Uh, but I like some of the Rennie Harlan movies. Like I like the second Die Hard, but yeah, um, but yeah, like, you you definitely hit the nail on the head with the tenseness because once you realize what's happening, yeah, they, it is so horrifying to think about because the initial thing we thought which we're not even going to say that was kind of or the, maybe i said it i can't remember we both thought it that would have just been cool premise too yeah i just remember like it we were guessing there for a while just for funsies just watching the movie yeah because at first we were just like all right this is threatening but could just you can totally could just be this one thing it's fucking not yeah yeah like we were like oh this could just be one thing but it's something you could defend against very easily, like within the human esque realm of defending yourself. And yeah. then we totally got a fucking one eighty turn. Yeah, potentially like a global wide threat, dude. Yeah, and like you said, SCP. Like, yeah, like th- this is a, this is a fucking problem. Yeah, and uh, and, like this is a problem that a bullet to the head might be the solution, but then again, it might get you in the, it might bite you in the ass. You might just speed Dude, the yeah. process up. You don't fucking know. You don't quite get all the rules. And honestly, this is one of those ones. Like I almost like, again, I, let me go back real quick. I don't think this is even, it's super underrated. I'll have to say that. Yeah. It, it, like me being a horror buff, like B- both of us like and, horror movies and, and, and like, you know, sci-fi and shit too. Cause I guess, well, I guess it really didn't take a sci-fi angle. It could have, if they try to study the thing that we're not going to tell y'all. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. This is just a great movie. Sorry, I was looking at uh, what it was rated on IMDb. Um, yeah, like I, this is one of those ones. Sorry, I didn't mean to get everyone on the train of thought. If this would have had a bigger following, I think this one could have had a legitimate good follow-up, kind of like a. The Collector in the Collection. Two movies, both good, in and out. Yeah, because, like, I can already... Because I'm like, you had some questions about rules. Yeah, and I can already imagine what the sequel would be about. Yeah, there's, like, an idea, like, a gear like, turning. Yeah, just from the ending, like, they could easily have set that up to a sequel. Yeah, and, I mean, you could have even... It could have been one of those sequels where it's, like, whole new characters. Yeah, and just maybe had the other ones pop referenced, back in even. or referenced. Yeah, because, like, this... I... It's... I wouldn't have been able to deal deal with it. Yeah. I know that. But we're about at 15 minutes, man. You want to rate this one and get on out? Yeah. Um, I'll give it... Mm. Are you thinking? Are you thinking, everyone? Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and give it four leather-clad Pierce Brosnan's or wait, did I say four? You said four. Yeah, I'll give it four out of five. Yeah, I'll I'll give it a nine out of ten, and only because I cannot figure out if it's a good accent that he's doing or not. I can't decide if it's just me. It, 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 it's hard to understand him sometimes. Yeah, but, but I like watching okay. shit with the subtitles on anyway, though. Yeah. I think we turned them on because it was just a quiet night, and you were like, do you care if I put the subtitles on? Yeah. Because sometimes I just do that. I'll, I'll, I'll say, like, maybe there, there was maybe... Th- <laughs> Maybe two to three percent of his lines, a few words I just wasn't able wasn't able to catch without yeah. the subtitles. 
But that's it. But it's just, I don't know. This is just a great movie all around. Yeah, awesome movie. I'll give it 4.5 leather clad Pierce Brosnan's out of 5. I feel like I'm giving it a solid 9 out of 10. Yeah, go out and watch it. Uh, it is on Midnight Pulp, but it is also on Tubi. It's currently in this recording. You're going to enjoy it more on And you TV. know, I'll say this. I don't know if I've, I think I've said this for maybe one other movie. If you can, if you can't find it for free, worth renting on Amazon Prime or something like. Actually, it, you it, know it, what? Fuck that! It's worth owning. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. But again, if you catch it on a rental thing too, and it's like a ninety-nine cent rental, dollar yeah. well spent. Yeah, or even a three ninety-nine rental. But I'd spend five dollars on a DVD. Or yeah, 10, oh, I would or, actually, or ten. I don't know. It's fucking, this would actually be fun. One that, good to have on Blu-ray. Yeah. Just I bet this is one that doesn't print a lot. Pro- oh yeah, probably not. But uh you wanna get out of here, homie? Yeah. All right, peace. We're gonna go out here and be nomads, y'all. Woo! Bye. <laughs>